0: The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome in to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast going to uh, give you my thoughts on the Denver Broncos win Over the Los Angeles Chargers 23 20. I've got plenty of notes on the game. The great, the good, the bad, and the ugly from this game. And there was a little bit of everything. And obviously, the main story being the young rookie Drew Locke and his debut. Looked pretty good, didn't he? We're going to talk about him. Talk about the offensive play calling and what needs to change. Because one of those things. This is not like the other when it comes to, well, me finding it very, um, hmm, uh, what's a good way to put it, um, retainable for next year, if you would. We're going to get to that. That's coming up on the Broncos Blitz podcast. But first, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just to hop, skip it and jump away from Coors Field, 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andre Averell in that locally sourced rotating seasonal fair is just tremendous. Head on over there. Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Tap14.com. Go check out all the great drinks that they have. And, of course, the rooftop as well, too. Even in the cold, it is heated. Go on over there. Tap14 on the web. That's tap14.com. All right, as we usually do. We uh, start the Broncos uh, recap editions of the podcast with a little bit of stats on the team. And look, this was a game that uh, had a lot of ups and downs, and certainly on third down, a little bit more on the up. This is a team that started, what, 5-for-6, 6-for-7 six, six on third down. They finished 7-for-15 as the offense bogged down, got a little bit conservative. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, but also holding the Chargers to 5-of-15. They were out yardaged 359-218. to 218. Denver Did get two total drives more than the Chargers and well relatively quiet day on the penalty side for the Denver Broncos three penalties called for 25 yards of course the Chargers seven for 82 with the big one being at the very end the pass interference that sets up Brandon McManus for the win. Uh, when it comes to time of possession, 32 to 27, basically 32 to 28. So the Denver Broncos very much neck and neck with the Chargers there. When it comes to turnovers, Denver Broncos do win that turnover battle, and that was a big deal for Denver as they got short drives that really helped out the young rookie, and they converted it into points. And that's a big deal to start on is that the Denver Broncos defense put the offense in a good position, and the offense, more importantly, they took advantage, and that's a huge, huge plus moving forward because, you know, when you look at Drew Locke and you look at all the situations he's put in, This is what you want to see from the kid is is the idea that you can convert drives into points regardless of how long or how short they are. And uh, look, it started off with touchdowns, obviously two straight to Cortland Sutton. The first touchdown on the 12-play 80-yard drive that took up nearly six minutes. It's a spectacular catch from Cortland Sutton. And maybe more importantly, the most impressive thing. Of that drive is when Cortland Sutton, as he told the media yesterday, went into the huddle, was obviously told a play or some sort of route that was different from the touchdown route. Instead, Drew Locke goes over to Cortland Sutton and says, hey, go run a fade in the end zone. I'm going to throw it to you. I'm going to give you a shot. And Cortland says, well, okay. Cortland Sutton says he was not supposed to run that route where he caught the one-handed touchdown. Locke told him to run differently. In the huddle, a bit off script, and it worked. And I love the young quarterback going up to his guy and saying, you know what, let's change it up a little bit. Let's take a shot at the end zone. I trust you. I like your talents. You know what, Cortland Sutton? he's a pretty good guy. To be throwing the football too. And I tell you what, it worked out for the Denver Broncos. Love seeing that off script play as the Denver Broncos get that touchdown on that drive. And then, of course, they get the interception from Phillip Rivers on a just a poor throw. And how about Draymond Jones? Athletics. Six three, what, two sixty? Uh, two seventy. Draymond Jones is making the play, getting the interception, and the Broncos converting it into more points. Six play, eighteen-yard drive that Took up about three minutes. Of course, uh, that's Drew Locke finding Cortland Sutton in the end zone. Breaks the pocket and on third and goal. Hits his man for a touchdown and uh, that's two for Cortland Sutton on a monster day for him and Drew Lock really got this thing rolling at fourteen. Nothing. Now the Chargers answer back. A fourteen play sixty yard, sixty three yard drive in which I look a little bit of bend, but don't break. If you're the Denver Broncos defense, that was nice to see. They continue to convert some field goals. The Denver Broncos on uh, what I believe, let's see if I remember correctly, was the muffed punt. And uh, this is a a Denver Broncos team that look at going into halftime. You're thinking, okay. 17-3, right? And then you get another opportunity to put up points right before halftime and what happens? You decide okay, well we're going to uh Philip Lindsay run. Okay, he's stuffed for basically right at the line. There's the 2-minute warning and then Lindsay runs again. And you're saying, "Okay, conservative uh conservative mindset playing, well, why are we doing this?" And then they take a timeout. And then they put Drew Locke in the shotgun because now they got to get got to get a first down. None of this sequence makes sense. Nothing from this sequence makes sense. And what do they end up doing? They end up punting the football away and then Phillip Rivers, three plays, 77 yards and ends in a 30-yard touchdown to Austin Nickler on a beautiful wheel route and here come the Chargers. And it's 17-10. And you're thinking, why did the Denver Broncos do this? Why did they have an opportunity to get aggressive and then they ran the football twice to start that drive? They had the, the two-minute warning and timeouts available, and they decide to go conservative when they should have been aggressive. We'll talk about this in a little bit. Then you get to the end of the half drive, which just is the one that most people are focusing on. It results in Drew Locke basically hitting Cortland Sutton down the middle as time expires for a cheap 33-yard pass. It It ended up having a situation that, look, the Denver Broncos were going to kick a field goal, it was going to be a record breaker for Brandon McManus, and then they pulled him away, then they got to delay a game penalty because they wasn't sure what they were doing on offense. This is 100% on coaching. This is a sequence that is 100% on coaching that has to get better. uh, Vic Fangio and the offensive coordinating staff got to get on the same page on this because this is a killer. This potentially took away points from the Denver Broncos, and this potentially uh, could have... uh, It could have been even worse than how it turned out. Instead, it just ends up as a meaningless possession, but just a complete inability uh, to function correctly in the two minutes, obviously, is going to be, uh, at least it should be, a focus in practice if you are the Denver Broncos because, boy, it was botched big time in uh, the Chargers game. And then you get to the second half where things start to bog down because uh, of a play calling that, look, conservative again when they should have been more aggressive. They end up starting the second half with punt-punt interception. And, you know, this is an Ever Broncos defense that a bit of bend but don't break to start that drive. And then, of course, the uh, touchdown to Keenan Allen, and all, all of a sudden the Chargers are back in it. And so... They're they're tied at 17 before, of course, Denver and uh, the Chargers trade field goals. And then you have the final play where the Denver Broncos, and we have not been able to say this. We haven't been able to say this often this year. But you know what? They put themselves in a position to win. It was a ticky-tack call. I don't know if I would have made the call if it was myself uh, throwing that flag. Little ticky-tack, and it's a shame that the game was decided by it. But... They put themselves in that position to be the beneficiary of that call. It ends up going their way. McManus hits the field goal in the Denver Broncos at home. Win in Drew Locke's debut, that 53-yarder uh, for the win by Brandon McManus. The redeeming kick, if you will, from not being able to kick the 65-yarder that he would like to have kicked a little bit earlier. It's a Broncos Blitz podcast, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, it, and a jump away from Coors Field. want to get to the offensive play calling. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. Rich Gangarello, year two, question mark. will talk about that next. Welcome back, Broncos Blitz podcast, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. Holding up my notes, I got a couple notes from the game. I'll read them off to you. Uh, First note, play calling, not good. Um, Sutton, unhappy with conservative play calling towards the end of the first half. Uh, I also have noted in here, and maybe this is my favorite note, Denver has a franchise quarterback, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. We'll get to that a little bit later. The play calling from Rich Gangarello has been questionable all year long. I have talked about this. There is nothing that I've seen from Rich Scangarello that validates a second year. Scangarello has been aggressive when they need to be conservative, conservative when they need to be aggressive, making some play calls that just baffle me. And even when, you know, and and, and I I think that the real important thing here is this is not even so much a play call, but more a play style or having a general feel of where the game is headed where they are now, and I think he lacks this on a fundamental basis. And I'm going to turn to that end-of-half sequence that was just absolutely atrocious, just botched in several ways. When the Denver Broncos had an opportunity, look, with 224 left and uh, three timeouts, you have the opportunity to basically score a touchdown. Again, 224. Three timeouts, you have the chance to score a touchdown. They start with a Philip Lindsay run to the left end. That goes nowhere. They wait till the two-minute warning. You could have got a second playoff, but you waited till the two-minute warning. Your second play, you start in the shotgun, uh, which is, you know, a bit of a dead giveaway. Philip Lindsay takes it uh, towards the right side for, what was it, four or five yards before he is swallowed up, and then you decide... After time, you say, okay, well, you know what? Let's be aggressive here. And let's take a timeout. And then you start to throw Drew, Loc- uh, Drew Locke. And I just, just, none of these calls make sense. You either commit to the idea of being conservative and running out that half, or you don't before the drive is started. You would think with 2.24 and three timeouts that they would commit to scoring a touchdown. It's not when Rich Kingarella decided. You punt the football away. The Chargers score quickly, knowing that they need to score before halftime. And now all of a sudden, it's a whole new brand brand new ball game. And then you get to the end of half sequence, which again just doesn't make any sense. Twenty four seconds left with two timeouts, starting at the thirty three, and you're thinking to yourself, "Okay, you know what." I suppose we should probably take this to halftime, right? I guess like, we could be aggressive, but I would understand if you said, you know what, that was a disastrously botched. We still have the lead. Let's take a 17-10 halftime uh, lead and, and let's just go to halftime. Let's talk about this. We're, alre- we're already in a disastrous situation that we shouldn't be in. Denver decides to then be aggressive. Then, of all times, start the aggression over the conservative. In, in just what doesn't make any sense. And then you get to this situation where you get far enough to pick up points, and then you decide to send them out there, and then you pull them back, and then you don't know what's happening, and then there's a delay of game, and I don't get any points. It's just, it gives me a migraine every single week. From the tight end sweeps to the lack of feel of the game. And look, two games ago, even though it worked, I don't understand the Cortland Sutton throw on the end around. You know, you, you got a quarterback that is just starting to get hot. and then you know, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, let's take the ball out of his hands. Let's put it in a wide receiver and thro- let him throw into double coverage. You know, and it only it only was a good play call because it worked. That is that the mindset? No, it was a bad play call. It was a bad idea. It's too gimmicky. It's too cutesy. Stop. I'm beyond baffled with how the offensive coordinator has handled the year, the play calling, and the general feel of this offense because it's not good. It's not good right now. And then they decided to get conservative in the second half, and then we saw the Chargers come roaring back and almost stole that game. And then, in the final moments, when the Denver Broncos could have easily just kneeled on it and said, you know what, let's take it to halftime, that's what the offensive coaching staff, at least, that's what Vic Fangio said. Vic Fangio said, no, we're going to go for the win. He overrules them. Drew Locke throws it up to Cortland Sutton. You draw the flag, and then you see the 52-yarder, and then all of a sudden, the Denver Broncos are winners on Sunday instead of going to OT and potentially losing. It is... Wow. And I tell you what, maybe more than anything, where there's smoke, there is fire. And we have seen the smoke all year long. From Joe Flacco calling out Rich Gangarello to Emmanuel Sanders constantly hinting at the, you know what it is, you know what the problem is. It's the offensive issues, it's the offensive play calling. Vic Fangio vetoing decisions at the last second, and Drew Locke changing calls in the huddle. The overall inability and the questionable decision making from Rich Gangarello continues to baffle me every single week. Where there is smoke, there will be fire. I don't see one positive this year out of the offensive coordinator. I really don't. And I'm trying. I'm trying to find it. Just because a player plays well, that doesn't mean the coordinator has had a good year. And wow. Just a a Bit of a stunning result so far again where at the end of the half they completely botch it and then at the end of the second half when the Denver Broncos look like it's going to OT, the offensive coordinator wants to take it to uh, the extra quarter. He is then overruled by the head coach and the Denver Broncos end up winning the game because of it. Very, very baffling day from Rich Gangarello and we have seen this week after week after week. And I just wonder... I just wonder how many more games does the Denver Broncos win if the offensive coordinator was on a better understanding. And look, I'm going to give Rich Gangarello the benefit of the doubt from the Oakland or the Chicago game, Green Bay or Jacksonville. I'm not giving you the benefit of the doubt against Minnesota or the Bills and the Chargers. We're now 16 games into the season, and again, You know, you say, well, they've only played 12 games. No, no, no. They've had preseason games. You know what? Correct my math. Math was never my strong suit. There's 17 games into the season with a five-game preseason. You should have a general feel of the fundamentals by now of understanding that, you know what? We committed the same problem last week. You know what? We committed the same issue two weeks ago and three weeks ago and four weeks ago, and five weeks ago. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and, over and over and over and over and over again, expecting a different result. That is where the Denver Broncos coaching staff right now on the offensive side of things is lost in. Insanity. And it's a real shame, because I think right now it is holding back some offensive play callers, uh, some offensive playmakers, like Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, maybe even Noah Fant. To where they're being put in positions that I just don't think are the right position to be put in. Why they don't take advantage of Cortland Sutton on deep balls more often is mind-blowing. But you know who saw that? Drew Locke did. And Drew Locke said, you know what, Cortland? Go run into the end zone, because I know you can beat the guy. He's been beating corners all year long. I'm going to throw a fade to you and see what happens. You put your guys in positions to win, and you trust them. And it just doesn't seem like Rich Gangarella trusts his guys. He'll tell you he does. Of course he does. The proof is in the pudding, and the pudding right now is pretty sour. So Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. Denver Broncos, a chilly win uh, for them as McManus uh, gets the 52-yard game winner as Vic Fangio goes all in on the fourth quarter. Love to see the mindset from the head coach overruling the offensive coordinator saying, you know what, no, we're not playing for overtime. We're not playing to lose. We're playing to win. We're going to be aggressive here. And Vic Fangio took matters into his own hands, and I certainly appreciate that. And I tell you what, the Broncos revolving door at QB, hmm, is this thing all over? Could could Drew Locke be the franchise guy? I know I think it. I've been thinking of it since – he was a junior at Missouri, and it is uh, very nice to see him making place for the Denver Broncos now, and certainly going to be interesting as we continue to follow along. Of course, every day with the daily Broncos Blitz podcast presented by your friends over there at Tap 14. We are all done for the podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. You can check out more info on the Broncos at MyLifeSports.com. Read up on all the things we got going on from the Man- McManus, uh, Matt at the coach, happy with the coach, the game winner, Vic Fangio going all in, Drew Locke, his performance, and everything in between for the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers and their win, 23-23. 220. You can find it at MileHighSports.com. That's Milehighsports.com. All done for the podcast. Of course, you can check out uh, the radio show as well, too, and follow me on Twitter as well at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E-The Letter K Radio. On Twitter and the radio show, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That is Mountain Standard Time, so that means 9 a.m. for you East Coast listeners. I know we got a lot of East Coast listeners of the show. I appreciate that. And, uh, of course, you can find more clips of it and archives of this Broncos Blitz podcast at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all.